Welcome to Night and Tales. This podcast was created during the International Year of the Nurse and Nurse Midwife. And what a year that was. This podcast is dedicated to telling stories of nurses from across our profession. Our goal is to introduce you to the seemingly infinite possibilities in nursing and encourage you to find your true passion within this work. I'm your host, Jessica Spruitt, and I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome back to Night and Tales. Um, we're glad to have you guys again, and we're also really glad to welcome our guest today. And so Nakia Davis is joining us, and Nakia works currently as a home um, dialysis registered nurse for the Henry Ford Health System. And she is going to share with us what it means to be a dialysis nurse um, and tell us a little bit about her journey as well. So Nakia, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm excited to hear about this because, um, you know, this isn't something that we necessarily see a lot of in school. I think that we understand that patients will have kidney failure and, you know, understand that dialysis may be indicated, but we don't always know what it means to truly be the dialysis nurse or the expert in this situation. And especially in your setting, you know, you've explained to me that you worked in a hospital setting, but also now you've transitioned to a home setting. So I'm really anxious to hear about it. So okay. So yeah, if you don't mind, do you want to just start with kind of where, you know, your journey in nursing school and where you started and then how did we get here? Okay, so as stated, I'm a home dialysis nurse. I teach patients how to do their peritoneal dialysis or hemodialysis in the comforts of their own home. Um, I was led to this role because I started off as a dialysis technician about 20 years ago. So I've had several leadership roles. Um, in the hemodialysis setting, but when I became a nurse, I started off as a hemodialysis nurse in the end center, in the clinic setting, but I wanted some, a different experience, so that's why I chose to do the home dialysis. Mm -hmm. Wow, so um, that's kind of cool. I was interested, um, it's interesting to me that you worked as a tech, and so then this was your first job as a registered nurse, is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Got it, so you kind of already had an interest in that. Um, if we can start out in the role of a hemodialysis nurse who's working in a hospital setting or in a clinic setting, what does that look like? What do they do? Uh, so the difference between the two, so sometimes uh, nurses or people working in a hospital will see a dialysis nurse in the hospital and say, hey, that looks cool. I want to do that. So we call those acute um, hemodialysis nurses, which is different from an outpatient setting. So an acute setting may be a little more of a slower pace, you may have a one-on-one or one-on-one to two patient ratio mm -hmm. um, because those patients are sicker. Sometimes you dialyze the patients in their room, sometimes they're in the um, critical care unit, so it just really depends on the acuity of the patient. Working in a clinic, an outpatient clinic, the patients are stable, they come basically three days a week. Um, our nurses usually work ten, uh, four 10-hour days. Um, we have various shifts, so we don't have like a 7A to 7P or 7P to 7A. Um, we, the nurses usually come in about 6 o'clock or 9 o'clock, and they work 10 hours, four days a week. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't work on Sundays. Um, we alternate every other Saturday. So it's kind of a pretty stable schedule for like for your weekends, and you know for sure you're off for every Sunday except if it's a holiday or something. Mm-hmm. And that's for the hemodialysis setting. Um, my role for home dialysis, I work Monday through Friday, eight hours. I'm off on the weekends. Um, I do take, I do work, have two other coworkers. We take turns being on call. So since it's three of us every third week, we're on call. 
Um, our patients don't call often. Um, we basically triage them over the phone, and if it's an emergent situation, then we send them to the ED, but most of our problems we take care of in the clinic. We don't have to go to the clinic at 10 o'clock at night. Most of the time, we'll see the patient the next day. We don't see the patients when the clinic is closed. And like I said, if it's an emergent situation, then we'll send them to the ED if needed. Sure. Um, I'm thinking of a couple of different questions. Um, okay. The first is when I see, you know, a hemodialysis or even peritoneal dialysis, that's all pretty technical. There are a lot of details to that. There's a lot of fine tuning. Um, you know, you're really measuring the patient's intake and output really like so closely. And, you know, that can, can vary from day to day or experience to experience. So I'm curious, how did you learn all of the technical ins and outs? Or you had the advantage of working as a tech, but how would a new nurse interested in dialysis learn all those ins and outs? Um, where our company does have a very, um, detailed training program. Mm -hmm. So the only experience you really need is either a med surge background or experience in dialysis. And so they would train you just like any other job. Our training is eight weeks and, um, the training is off site, uh, three weeks off site and then four weeks in the clinic. So it's like a clinical rotation and you have a preceptor. So um you're trained uh very well um trained on medications all this th all these things before you ever even touch a patient and really for the hemodialysis nurse it's kind of tricky because you have to learn kind of how to be a tech as well because mm -hmm. you have to know what the technicians do because you're responsible for their job so you do have to learn the technical skills how to set up the machine how to put the patient on the machine how to take them off what monitoring is needed during the treatment as well as learning your nurse role and how you monitor the patient as a nurse, give the medications and those things as well. So it's a little tough for a new person, but we always tell people to give themselves six months to a year to really feel comfortable, you know, not to give up right away because it, it is a lot of information to learn. Sure. But um, we try to be supportive and, um, you know, encourage our new nurses to stay and stick with it. And we know every day gets a little bit easier. And we always say the dialysis is for you or it's, <laughs> or it's not, but don't give up before, you know, six months to a year, you know, give yourself a chance to kind of, you know, learn it. Sure. Yeah, I think it's important to be patient, right? As you experience those growing pains, no one walks Absolutely. into a brand new job and expert. And so we should often, you know, offer ourselves a little bit of grace as we make that transition. Absolutely. And then the other thing I was thinking when I heard you, um, you know, describing this role, when we think of um, registered nursing roles, and especially those that we see when we're in school, we don't see a lot of registered nurses taking call. Um, and so I was curious about, you know, being on call, maybe the best and worst parts of that, or the thing that took the most getting used to. I think sometimes it may sound really nice to be on call um, because you're thinking, oh, I'm getting paid for being at home. But I think it may also sound very intimidating to be on call because exactly. we rely so heavily on our physical assessment skills, right? And what we've learned and being present with patients. So can exactly. you talk about that? So the first time I was on call was a little scary because, you know, you teach your you're teaching your patient how to do their own treatments at home. So that's, already, you know, scared for the patient, you know, because they're taking care of themselves. And so now you're at a point where they're going to call you for an emergency. And so you have to know how to walk them through that emergency, you know, where, so they're safe, you know. So um, 
the person that trained me, you know, she trained me very well. So my first time's on call, she said, I'll be on call with you. So if you need me, you can call me. So if the patient has a question that you don't know the answer to, then you can just three-way me in and we can go through it together. So, so when I train nurses, I do the same thing. And so you're not as nervous because you have someone else to, you know, kind of be there with you, just like you would if you were in the clinic at work, you'll have someone to go to to ask like, Hey, is this the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I seeing the right thing? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was a good thing. And then, you know, like you say, people say, Hey, I'm just making money. You know, you have to have your phone. You have to be aware, um, you know, be alert, um, because your patient may call you and they, you know, have an emergency. And sometimes if you forget your phone in your car, which I've done that before, <laughs> and, and most of the time my phone does not ring at all. But of course, the day that you leave it in your car, that's when it has rang and your patient has called. So, of course. you know, just kind of, you know, being aware and making sure you're um, in tune of what you're supposed to be doing because the patient's they have the safety to know that I can always call somebody if I have a problem. And the day that they can't reach you is a day that stresses them out. So. Sure. Yeah. And, and it is the day that you forget it in the car <laughs> that you get the call. So Nakia, when you, um, you know, you work Monday through Friday in these eight hour days, what do you do in your day? Do you go to these patients homes and tell us how you train them? No, so I don't go to their home. So a lot of times that scares people because they don't, they may not necessarily want to do home care. So they misinterpret home dialysis as home care, as if I'm going to the patient's house all the time. I only go to the patient's house one time and I may go like another time because the patient can say, hey, can you come look at this for me? I changed this and I want you to check it out. So we'll go if they want us to go. Mm -hmm. So what I do is train the patient in the clinic. Um, depending on what modality of dialysis they're choosing, that depends on their training. So for a PD patient, I train them Monday through Friday. And it really only takes a week for them to be trained and they're like good to go. Wow. And then I go to their home on the last day of training and watch them do a PD exchange, which is a form of their dialysis. So I watch them do it in their own environment. I check out their environment. I'm making sure they have a safe clean place to do their dialysis. I'm looking at where they have their supplies and make any suggestions that I feel is necessary. If they have a low light setting and I'm at their house in the daytime, I say, hey, you may want to get an extra light book. You may want to get an extra lamp because when it becomes dark, it's going to be difficult for you to see. Um, If they have their supplies stored in a place where I think it'd be better, I'll make those suggestions. And so that's the only time I go to their house. For a, a home hemodialysis patient, It usually takes four to six weeks to train those patients because they have to learn how to set up their machine, learn how to put their needles in, learn how to connect to the the circuit. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, taking their blood pressure, they're programming the machine to remove a certain amount of fluid. They're doing a lot of things, a lot of teaching, a lot of troubleshooting. What happens when they get dizzy and they feel faint or they're going to pass out? What happens if if your needle passes out, um, pulls out? What happens if you get air in your blood? So, you know, we teach them how to handle emergencies and things like that when to call 911. So that training is a little more intense, but then we go to your house and watch them do a treatment at their home, which is usually about two to three hours. So I only go to their house the one time okay. and, that, and, and, and that's it. 
it training, um, especially for hemodialysis though, does sound so intense when you're describing the possible complications <laughs> that they can run into. You know, I mean, they are essentially administering life support at home, right? They couldn't exactly. live without this intervention. And exactly. suddenly you're delivering something that is sustaining their life and their home. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's pretty empowering for them. It most definitely is. And all my patients inspire me because it's like, they are treating themselves at home, life-sustaining treatment, no matter which modality they're choosing, they're making decisions. Like they're making decisions on, hey, I have this amount of fluid on, my face look puffy, I weigh this amount, I need to take off this amount of fluid. Or if they're a PD patient, I need to use a different solution that's gonna take off more fluid. Or my blood pressure is this, I need to make a decision. So they're making these decisions, you know, mm-hmm. we train them you know, to do so. So when they first start out, of course, it's kind of scary because if they have to make a uh, decision that deviates from the middle ground, they call and say, hey, you know, my blood pressure is kind of low. I think I should use this solution. Is that right? And you're like, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, you got it. So we empower them and they in- encourage us because they're getting it. They're picking it up. They know what to do. Yeah, I was thinking that must be the best feeling when they call you and they know what to do. You know, they're confirming with you and your training has really prepared them for, you know, whatever challenge they're encountering. Exactly. Wow. I love the way you're describing too, um, just what a holistic approach this is and how holistic your role is as a nurse. When you think of all of the things within their environment that may interfere with their ability to successfully administer dialysis at home and take care of themselves and you know, I, I just love, I think, how solid the holistic model is that grounds this practice. Oh, yes, yes. And then we try to encourage that, you know, with the family as well, because sometimes the family say, hey, she never does this, or he always does this, and they try to get on them in a negative way. But mm-hmm. then you try to redirect the family member, too, and say, hey, you know, this is a lot that they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it's great for our patients to have support people. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But when they do have a partner that can support them, you know, throughout their um, treatments and um, just the mental strain that goes along with having a chronic illness, our patients are depressed, like 40% of them are depressed. And and that kind of goes in and out, you know, because they know they have to do this for a life, you know, for their life. Mm -hmm. And then even if they're transplanted, that's not a cure for kidney disease. That's a form of treatment. So they still have to take their immunosuppressants. Like you're always on a regimen, whether you're on dialysis or whether you're transplanted. So it's a big deal. Yeah, there's so many factors that complicate this picture, right? It's Correct. much more than, you know, um, a failed organ. <laughs> there's, exactly. a lot, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Nikia, um, I think I remember you saying you're involved in a, your professional organization. Is that true? Yeah, so I'm involved in the American Nephrology Nurses Association Um, for the Michigan chapter. I'm the president-elect, and what we're doing is really trying to encourage nursing students to, even if you're not a nursing student, you can be a nurse already, but to consider (laughs) a career in nephrology. So the National um, American Nephrology Association, they have put together a package for student nurses to join the association for free. It's like a virtual student membership. Um, They don't have any... uh, rights, so to speak, for voting or anything like that, but they do have access to our library to get CEs and just see what's going on. And currently, they're giving away a scholarship um, for our next uh, leadership meeting in Chicago. Um, just is a, It's going to be virtual, but if just a free um, 
they can enter to win a free ticket, so to speak, you know, to attend that. Sure. That's a great opportunity. If anybody Mm -hmm. listening has an interest in um, nephrology nursing, you said that was the National Association of Nephrology Nurses? Right. So the website will be annanurse.org forward slash student. Okay, great. And then there's a Michigan chapter of that as well. Correct. Yes. Awesome. And they're hearing from the president-elect. So this is obviously good information. (laughs) That's awesome. No, I appreciate you sharing that because this is definitely, um, you know, not a traditional role that we see in school and not a traditional, you know, three 12 hour shifts a week on an inpatient unit. This is something different. And I think really helps us open our eyes to how many opportunities exist in nursing. Absolutely. And then Nikia, I was just curious about one more thing. So, um, you have elected to kind of take your um, career from this registered nurse and pursuing an advanced practice nursing role. And so if you don't mind, tell us about the nurse practitioner program that you're in. So I'm at uh, Spring Arbor University in Spring Arbor, Arbor, Michigan, which is right outside of Jackson. Mm-hmm. Jackson. I'm an adult general primary care uh, nurse practitioner program. So I chose that because I want to stay in nephrology, but I want to increase my um, you know, responsibility. And like I said, I've been doing dialysis for 20 years in various roles when I was a technician. And then I've had a few different roles as a nurse. So I just wanted to advance my practice and become a nephrology nurse practitioner. Sure. And in addition addition to that, um, I am a certified um, nephrology nurse as well. Um, Mm -hmm. There's two types of certifications that you can get. You can become a certified dialysis nurse which requires you just to know one modality of dialysis. So just say you just know hemodialysis or you just know peritoneal dialysis or you just know acute uh, dialysis. Um, You can become a certified dialysis nurse. Um, To become a certified nephrology nurse, you have to have experience in more than one modality. So you can be a chronic kidney disease uh, nurse working in the clinic. These people are not on dialysis working in the transplant center, have experience with the acutes, have experience with home dialysis, peritoneal dialysis, insert dialysis. <laughs> so I have like four different experiences. You have to have so many hours of experience in different modalities. You have, it has to be more than one. And then you have to have a bachelor's degree. Okay. And what do you, what does it take to maintain that certification? Do you have to take tests or do continuing education or keep practicing or what does that look like? Um, your continuing education hours um, will have to be all in nephrology. So you have to have like for the certified nephrology nurse, you have to have like 25, either 25 or 30 um, continuing education credits in nephrology. So that's an addition to, you know, your other nursing um, CEs. Right. Okay. And what are the benefits of being a certified nephrology nurse or a certified dialysis nurse? I would say just enhance your your practice with your patients because um, you go that extra mile. I mean, it's not required at all. I don't get paid more money to be certified. (laughs) I know most people don't, you know, but it enhances your practice. And I think you're a better nurse. Not that you can't be a great nurse without the certification, but you kind of go... I find myself going beyond and above, you know, um, seeking out that evidence-based um, practice, translating research into practice, being more involved in um, um, presentations and research. I presented at our national conference before. 
Um, I've written articles before. Um, currently, I am a reviewer for our certification um, course, actually for the national certification. So it has led me for other opportunities. And um, I just feel it's, it's best for your um, professional development, you know, actually. I think that certification is such a great statement of your commitment to that patient population and, or that, you know, that um, specific focus. But it also sounds like that's provided you a lot of opportunities to get really involved and probably, I imagine, collaborate with, you know, professionals from across the country who are equally doing work like you are. And I, exactly. I don't know about you. I found that sometimes it's really nice to know there are people out there doing work like we are. <laughs> it is. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Well, yeah, what's your favorite part of being involved in your professional organization to the extent that you are? Um, just what you said as far as meeting people all over. So I go to our national conferences, and I know that's a big thing in nursing too, especially with the new nurses. You know, being involved in professional organizations, attending national and local conferences, you just get to meet people. I like being a part of the American Nephrology Nurses because everybody there is a nephrology nurse. You get to see what people are doing across the United States in their um, practice with their company and learn from each other. Um, I'm a part of the American Nurses Association as well, and I have a board position um, with the Michigan chapter as well. I'm our secretary. So um, that's different, you know, because you're meeting different nurses, different specialties. We're all nurses, but being in the Nephrology Nurse Association, which I think probably with anybody's uh, specific nursing association, you know, everybody belongs to the same group and you get to bounce ideas off of each other and really learn from each other. Right. Well, that's awesome. I love hearing about all of that. I think, um, you know, for those of you listening, American Nurses Association is truly the one voice for all nurses across the country, um, no matter what kind of nursing we do. And so I, I always think of that as kind of our home base that represents all of us. And then as you're describing, you know, our specialty organizations have so much more to offer that's specific to our practice. Um, but when it comes to big issues and national issues and things that affect all nurses, it's really ANA who, who is our voice. Um, exactly. And definitely an important organization to look into and, and consider joining if you have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, and we have free student memberships with American Nurses Association as well. Oh, I really hope that those of you listening <laughs> will take advantage of these opportunities because it really is the you know the value of a free membership is actually so good. Networking, exactly. when you think about getting jobs, um, collaborating with people, getting advice, having people look over your resume. I think there are, you know, unlimited opportunities when you really engage and offer, you know, your commitment to those organizations. Absolutely. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, Nakia, is there anything else you'd like to share with us or anything that I forgot to ask that I should have? Um, well, one of the nursing pearls, you know, I, I wanted to share some success tips. So a success tip that I would give someone is uh, to be open-minded um, as a new nurse or even as a seasoned nurse. You want to listen to people with more experience than you, even if you have a higher degree than them, because, you know, sometimes experience, um, I don't want to say trumps a degree, which I'm not trying to um, belittle anyone's degree, but sometimes people would think, hey, I have a bachelor's or a master's and I, you know, know more than you. That's not necessarily true. You need to consider what they're saying and um, always be a team player, helping out, and remember that no job is beneath you just because you're a registered nurse. So I have found in the past um, 
I don't know if it's because I was a technician before, I don't know, but when you get down in the trenches and help out your fellow coworkers, no matter what level they are, because every job is important in the places that we work, um, they'll be willing to do anything for you when you need them. So never forget that. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. That's really powerful mm -hmm. advice. And I think I'm good, like you said, for definitely new nurses, but probably for all of us, a good reminder. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nakia, I so appreciate you taking the time to share all of this with us, share those pearls of wisdom as well, um, and just your enthusiasm for the work that you're doing um, and the way that you're able to empower patients and the lives that you can kind of give them back with their families. Thank you. So, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Thank you for your time tonight. And I hope that everyone listening does, you know, take the time to look into those student memberships and um, you know, perhaps get involved and, and look into kidney nursing if this is of interest to you. So. Yes, we'd love to have you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nakia. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Night and Tales. As you do, we encourage you to consider the unique nature of each person's journey through this profession. The views shared on this podcast are those of an individual not the academic institution that they graduated from, their employer, or the professional organization that they're active in. The stories of their career path and progression are not intended to suggest that there is a uniform approach to achieving similar accomplishments, but to open your mind to all that is available to you. Each journey in nursing is as unique as each individual that we serve. We hope you'll listen again next time.